and welcome to Detention, where, as things change, they remain the same. And I'm, of course, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, it's a new year, a better record than, I guess, in of recent memory, uh, still can't fucking make it to the NFC Championship game. No. no. I'm telling you, dude, Dak sucks. It's not even just... Dak sucks. It's he not, threw two interceptions when he really shouldn't have. Yeah. And that was a game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not arguing that. It's not just him either, is what I'm saying. Uh Schultz, the tight end, towards the end, could have had a catch inbounds. That would have been like a fifteen yards. I get it. It's not very much. Could put you in a better position to score eventually later on. Yeah. That you are a receiver catching a ball. You're a pro. I don't care if your momentum's taking you out. You can easily get your second foot down to make it a legal catch in the NFL. Right. All you got to do is tippy toe it. Yep. Not bad. But we'll get into that later. Dad joke for you. Let's hear it. What did the horse say after it tripped? Ow. Help. I've fallen and I can't giddy up. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had just a stupid corny one like that. That's brutal. Yeah. That's so brutal. It's pretty bad. <laughs> really horrid. All right, continuing with our sports talk. Different sports news. I guess we've already covered one. Cowboys lost to the 49ers in the divisional game. New Year's same bullshit. The Eagles beat the Giants. The Bang- Badly. Badly. I mean, I was expecting it. Uh, the Giants aren't nearly as... I mean, yeah, they squeaked into the playoffs, but like I never expected them to go very far. Um, the Bengals beat the Bills, again, badly yeah. at home in the snow. Home field advantage, why could you not pull that off? The Chiefs beat the Jags. Again, not terribly surprised about that. That one was closer than I had thought. See, and that was my point, my comment that I was just about to make is that the Chiefs and the Jags and the Eagles and the Giants were on the same day. I thought the Eagles and the Giants was going to be the closer of the two, and it completely was not. It, that surprised me. And honestly, the Jags played fantastic compared to, I mean, for what they've been, you know. Yeah. They had a hell of a game. The Giants just shit the bed. I mean, don't get me wrong. Philly's good. Philly's really good. But the Giants did nothing. They're, again, limited by uh, a poor quarterback. Daniel Jones. Is, I'd rather have is... Daniel Jones than Dak Prescott. No. Yes. No shot. A hundred percent. That can be your unpopular opinion if you want it to be. I mean. I think almost anybody who is running a football franchise in the NFL as a GM would probably be like, I would rather have Dak Prescott than Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather take the guy who leads the league in interceptions, even though he missed a third of the season, to a guy who can make smart decisions and actually can run out of the pocket. Yeah, let's let's make that choice. But career-wise, overall, Daniel Jones is still not to the level of Dak. No. Yeah. No. You want to look at leading interceptions in the league? Daniel Jones has probably been in the top three of those every year that he's been a starting quarterback. Dak has not been. So I'm I'm saying 
as of right now, looking at it, if I'm a GM, I'd rather have Dak over Daniel Jones. No, I'm good. I'll pass that. Now, in the league for the division that they're in, the NFC East, I'd probably, I mean, right now, I'd take Jalen Hurts over Dak. But my hierarchy would be Jalen Hurts, Dak, almost anyone who starts for Washington, (laughs) and Daniel Jones. No. Except for this year, Daniel Jones did have a better year. Overall, he's not generally one of the best quarterbacks in his own division. Other Super Bowl news that you want to talk about? Yeah, so... With MVP? I, yeah, before we get into that, though, I do want to touch a couple more things on the divisional rounds, is that the Bills, I thought was going to be a tighter game, and it wasn't, and I'm not surprised that it was after like thinking about it, because their secondary has been decimated and when you have three honest to god number one options as wide receivers on your team they're gonna blow up the secondary so yeah it sucks for the bills because i was rooting for them and i know a lot of people were after the demar situation but i really wanted them to make it to the super bowl yeah at the end of the day not too surprised did think it was gonna be a little bit closer because their offense is so high powered but they couldn't do shit so, and then good job for the 49ers. Big Cock Brock came out again. Swinging. Big Cock Brock. <laughs> and honestly, George Kittle had one of the best catches. That's all anyone That's all anyone could really talk about last night, and I watched most of the game, uh, as well as every report that I had seen after the game credited him with the win because on, yeah. that, because on that drive they scored. Well, he and had a, a hell of a catch. It was a third down catch. That, and he got a good penalty against him for a hold defensive holding yeah so he that was his drive Mm -hmm. all the way but yeah just wanted to touch on those two points real quick uh going into the mvp and super bowl conversation that you brought up is i wanted your opinion on this i don't know if you've seen it apparently aaron Rodgers, when asked on the pat mcafee show because apparently he's always on there i think they're buds yeah yeah on possibly playing next season, uh, Aaron Rodgers' response to this was, I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. I think there's more conversations to be had. My my interest in this is actually from a response that Gronk said. I have seen this. When yeah. asked about it, why are you thinking MVP? Like, don't you want Super Bowls? Super Bowls are, I think, five times greater than an MVP award. Now, Absolutely. And no offense to Gronk. He's clearly a smart guy. In comparison, if you were to put Aaron Rodgers in a room and Gronk in a room and even just look at different press conferences that they've given, talks that they've given to the public, you would not think of Gronk as like a smart guy. Gen- no. generally right just by his demeanor and yes. the way he talks he doesn't come off as like a smart guy unlike aaron Rodgers, who consistently tries to make himself look like the smartest guy in the room and he's not and he's really not that is a perfect statement of gronk did not win mvp i mean he won a what two super bowl mvps mvps or just one maybe one maybe maybe one edelman to- won one yeah. Brady won a couple. Yeah. So I don't think he ever won one, but he was huge in those games. Yeah. Him looking at it of like, shit, I don't give a damn about an MVP. 
I care about the fucking ring. And see, that's which is the, the thing. Which is the mentality that you should, probably should have. Yeah. The MVP does not always go to the pers- the quarterback or whoever who wins the Super Bowl. Right. It goes to the overall, all-around best player in the league that year. But that just shows you Aaron Rodgers' mentality is he's playing a team game with no intention of it being a team sport. He wants all the accolades. He wants all the money. He wants all the attention. And he doesn't want to share it with anybody. But he will put all of the blame on everybody else. Very true. Aaron Rodgers is a piece of shit, and Gronk called him out, and I love it. Yeah. I get, I, the points to it of like so, Gronk making a very good point. My question to you is, which one do you think is more important? Um, if you're looking at me as a legacy, I'd rather have more Super Bowls than MVPs. I agree. Most generally. I mean, you're going to look at saying, oh, yeah, that that person has zero championships but three MVPs, or do they have three Super Bowls and either zero or one MVP. Exactly. They're not going to remember you for the MVP necessarily. Right. But for a championship, absolutely. They will remember you. Mm -hmm. So very good point. Gronk. Hell yeah. Basketball news. Something that I had saw as a stat, I wanted to show this to you because I think it's pretty important. Uh, I was former player who is now in the NBA for the Sacramento Kings. Keegan Murray is the second fastest rookie in NBA history to have 100 threes in his career. Who was the first? Uh, well, he's tied with Luka Doncic. 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 Um, I honestly do not know who they said was first, because I want to say the graphic that I had seen was just he's the second fastest tied with Luka. So I'm like, well, one, conversation with Luka, that's pretty good praise. I mean, there's still a lot of career for him to either – turn out or go down the fucking tubes who knows but just having a hundred in his first rookie season um and he's seemingly getting better every time that he gets the opportunity to play is fantastic i don't know if you saw after their big win earlier this past week uh what their head coach said about his performance he gave a speech where they asked him about why don't you have him starting more often or playing more minutes And he was like, well, you know, most coaches look at these rookies that they get and they automatically see them as role starters. I'm lucky enough in a fortunate position that I don't see Keegan as a role starter. He has to earn that spot because of the system that he's in. We don't necessarily need him to be that guy, but when we want him to be, if he shows up, cool. If he doesn't show up, then we're going to limit his minutes. And he knows that role. If you make a few mistakes, I'm pulling you. We're not going to be like most franchises where, yeah, we drafted you high, and if you make a few mistakes, we're going to keep you out on the court. Which is why I like Mike Brown. Yeah, and it's showing. I mean, Keegan (laughs) makes a few mistakes. They pull him. He works on it. He gets another opportunity, and he does his best. And Keegan's not the kind of kid that takes that personally either. Hell no. He'll understand the assignment, and he'll be like, okay, fine. I got to be better. He was a major reason why they won that game last week, and in the – Walk back to the locker room. Someone was asking him about the win. He said, good team win. He's never going to take the credit for, oh, yeah, I'm the one that was basically leading scorer on my team. Had some really good threes down the stretch that kind of kept us in it. Because at the end of the day, it's, uh, I've never seen a game that's ever been won by one person. Like, yes, you can say that one person kept them in it and, like, everything that they did was the reason that they won, but... If it was just that one person. I'd say Kobe's 81-point game probably did it. And I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. But, like, Kobe didn't score all of the points on the team. Is he the main reason? In that game, it was, like, 70%, though. 
again, is he the main reason that they won? Yes, but he is not the only person on that team. You take everyone else on that t- off that team, he can't do it. Yeah, true. But so it's always a team game. But when people are like, "Yeah, I was the reason," you're probably like the main reason, but you are not the only reason. Yeah, the only caveat I would say to that is like, well, yeah, if you take every guy off of that team and it's just one versus five, obviously that's not going to work out. <laughs> so, yeah, the other four guys are role players causing disruption for that one to then score. But beside the point, yes. I just think Wilt Chamberlain could have done one on five. When... <laughs> you think? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, back, back in that era, back, absolutely. Back then, you could argue he probably was. Yeah. Um. Uh, Load management viewpoint. What do you mean? Yes. So how much, because I know you're not a huge basketball person, and they don't do this in football, how much have you heard about the load management in the NBA with players? Uh, Zero. I guess I don't really know what you mean by load management. Do you know who Kawhi Leonard is? Yes. Okay. So Kawhi Leonard, after, I think it was like the 2013-2014 NBA Finals, he got... He landed on Zaza Pachulia's foot, causing a high ankle sprain, Mm -hmm. causing him to be out. And since then, Kawhi has been known the most for his load management. So he's had injuries, so he won't play every single day that they have a game. He'll sit out for a couple games at a time to make sure that his injury won't come back, which I can understand. But now the league has become so set on load managing all of these guys that have either had injuries or like they want to save them for the playoffs. And so you'll have all of these top stars sitting out a game and then that could either cost them the game or luckily enough, their bench will do enough to keep them in the game. But I want to get your viewpoint on should you load manage guys? To the extent of keeping them out purposely for like a specific point in the season, I don't think so. I I look at this and I saw this of like AD again. He's been injured since early fucking December, and they still have not cleared him to play because of a fucking foot fracture or whatever. And I'm sure he's happy to get paid and sit on the bench. Uh. Are there certain points where it's necessary to keep a player off in order for their own personal health, whether they want to be in playing or not? Yeah. That just seems like the right thing to do. Don't damage your body more just because you selfishly want to play the game that you love. Me as a coach or the athletic training staff are looking at you as like, well, we need to keep you healthy, at least healthy enough so when, when you do come back, you're not going to just get re-injured right away, and then what was the point of having you? Right. I can I can see it both ways. However, if they, like, for the AD, let's just say for him, for instance, that they're purposely trying to keep him on the bench saying, oh, he's just not ready, he's just not ready, and then t- down the stretch of, like, well, the Lakers are kind of in on the bubble if they're going to make it in to even the playoffs, the play-in for the playoffs, and they're like, oh, we're activating him, so that way we can get an extra 17 points off the bench, easy. That seems shitty. My issue with it is you have these guys and they come in and then they play limited minutes for a game and then they sit out the next two games for load management. If you're load managing a guy, their recovery and their recoup that they were doing is not done. If you're going to load manage guys, you hold them out until they are ready to go 100% 
and then bring him back into the team. And I bring this up because I saw two things, and I want to get your opinion on them. Um, this has been an issue for the last few years, but I've been seeing it a lot more this year. There's a sign that was made, and it said, traveled 809 miles to take my son to see, and it has a picture of Stephen Curry, to sit on the bench. And then, do you know who Stan Van Gundy is? Van Gundy sounds familiar. I guess I don't know Stan. There's, there's two of them. There's Stan and Jeff. They were both um, Jeff and coaches. Gundy. Yeah, I guess he's the one and that And they're I, both I'm commentators as well. Okay. Um, Stan Van Gundy, there's a picture of AD holding his ankle. Like, you could usually use it for any of the past five years. But Stan Van Gundy tweeted, 90s NBA teams had just a trainer and a strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. Teams now have a huge medical and, quote, performance staffs and value reset and value rest over practice, yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something's not working. And we've talked about this before, whether it's just the constant motion, how much they're putting into their season, even off-season they're working. That might be a contributing factor, too. Not diversifying in sports. Right. Yeah. But there is obviously some issue here, and I don't think load management is the correct solution to this because – you should be working your body in a specific way to get back. And I don't know if they're doing that properly or not. I'm not an athletic trainer, so I have absolutely no fucking clue, but Steve Van Gundy's absolutely right. But then I also look at the Kobe mentality where there's a, there's a picture of Kobe with two huge ass ice packs on uh, his yep. knees, another one on, on his, his shoulder. shoulder. Yep. Yeah. You know exactly the picture I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it said he, he was asked by his wife why he keeps playing with all of these injuries. And Kobe said, what am I going to say to the people who save up their entire life to watch me play one time? And that's so true. I think about it. A lot of people don't have the money that it takes to go to an NBA game or a professional game at all. Mm-hmm. I would be lucky to go to an NBA game for a cheap price to be able to see these guys play. If I had a favorite player, which I do, my favorite player is Steven Adams for whatever reason that may be. Not the greatest player in the league, right? But if my goal was to go to Memphis, see... Steven Adams play and he just decided to sit out to to make sure his knee's not injured today. I'd be pissed that I spent all that money to see my favorite player play just to see him sit on the bench and not yeah. play. And I mean it does make a lot more sense towards that argument for, you know, Kobe is kind of in the old and somewhat modern era of basketball with not having as many resources for athletic training to having literally every type of resource that you would need for these professional athletes. And him still playing through injuries and doing whatever. And you can't argue that a lot of the players that are playing today, like AD or Steph Curry, do not put in as much effort as Kobe did. No. For how much he practiced, for how much just pressure and destruction he put on his own personal body to be the best and arguably was the best in his era. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. You can't say that today's players should not have be at least held to the same type of caliber because that's the pinnacle. You want to be to the pinnacle, that's fucking him. So get there. There's no excuses. So, yeah, if you want to use him as an example, I agree. Then, yeah, I just think load management is is a crap thing to do because you're you're jipping or maybe I shouldn't say jipping. That is a slur. You're you're (laughs) screwing people over out of an experience that they are paying a lot of money for that is paying your salary. Give them what they want. Yeah. You are, to be fair, you are entertainers, which I guess kind of takes us into this next thing. 
The Shannon Sharp altercation. You've heard about this, right? I've heard about it in the sense that I have seen his most recent video from this past week with him and the altercation he had with basically the entire Grizzlies team. Yeah, pretty much the summation of this, for anyone who doesn't know, is Shannon Sharp was jawing at Dylan Brooks on the Grizzlies, and then Dylan Brooks said, fuck you, and Shannon Sharp took offense to that and starts jawing on him again, and it turned into this huge altercation where Shannon Sharp had to be restrained, Dylan Brooks had to be restrained, John Morant came over, had to be restrained, T. Morant, which is John Morant's dad, came over and had to be restrained. And then the one that really no one talks about, which I think should be talked about, is Steven Adams. If you ever watch him, this is why he's my favorite player. Dude is a fucking brick wall. And he's like the one person on that court that I would not want to fuck with. And he was pissed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone actually talks about that because I think Shannon Sharp could have held his own against pretty much everyone else on that court except for Steven Adams. And it's like, that's the one guy who's, who looked the most pissed. It's like, dude probably could have killed you. I mean, I'm sure Shannon Sharp is not a small guy. He's not. But looking even at the video with Adam standing there, I mean, he's probably got another six inches on him. Easily. Yeah. Dude's massive. Mm-hmm. But he got taken, uh, Shannon Sharp got taken into the tunnel from security, was eventually able to go back onto the court. And then uh, T. Morant came over and they, they dapped it up and went on their own way. Um, Dylan Brooks disrespected Shannon Sharp by calling him a blogger, which is kind of fucked up because he's a Hall of Fame. Or pedestrian. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame tight end. But Shannon Sharp did eventually, on Undisputed, apologize and say he was absolutely wrong in what he did. He has been a huge uh, advocate for making sure that fans on the sidelines need to, like, respect the players. And, like, yes, you can jaw at them, but, like, watch what you say and he took it way over the top so th- he is a he is a man for that he is definitely holding himself accountable because he's been preaching that so i respect shannon sharp for doing that but uh, just such a stupid fucking situation it is and it does kind of seem unbecoming of him for how he again wants to present himself yes especially on the show of recent especially with his different debacles that he's had with skip where Skip's he's a dipshit. I'm not going to get into he's that. He's trying to elevate himself to at least be the more level-headed yeah. uh, of the two on the show, which, again... It's not you, hard to do. When Skip Bayless is the other counterpart, it's not really going to be that hard to do. To see this video, and I watched it, I'm like, that's not what I've been kind of seeing of him as of late. But then again, his apology goes right back to, oh, well, that is the guy I've been, I've been seeing. Yeah. He does recognize that he made the mistake, and he corrected it, and he didn't apologize, and it felt pretty genuine and heartfelt to everyone that he felt he maybe had wronged. Yeah. So, the last little bit I will say about this though is the Grizzlies. I like the Grizzlies, and they're rough and tough, but they're also fake rough. Like they're all little bitches, and none of them would actually get in a fight. The <laughs> only one that I think could hold his own is probably Stephen Adams, Adams and maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. Everyone else, they're, they talk a big game, but they get fucking laid out in a second. So they need to stop being like that um we'll skip iowa sports news there's really not too much going on uh iowa men's basketball lost to ohio state over the weekend uh iowa women just started 21 minutes ago as of this recording against the number two ohio state buckeyes so we'll see how that game goes when we report next week um and then number two iowa wrestling narrowly beat 
number 16 ranked Wisconsin 19 to 18 in their duels yesterday. So that was their closest match yet. It came down to the heavyweight to decide the actual final scoring, and he won four to zero to put them over the top just to beat Wisconsin. So they're barely getting there. Wrapping up there with sports, moving into politics and news. We don't have anything for specific politics that we want to talk about, but we'll get into some news. I don't know if you've seen this. I don't. The video was on the link that I put on here. I don't know if you've watched it. So two years ago, there was a video that surfaced of this soldier who was in his uniform. Like a black Escalade, right? In a black Escalade. Okay, I've seen the video. I just didn't watch it from the link. And um, being pulled over by cops. And it was all recorded on the Body body cam of the arresting officers. Well, that cop decided, or I shouldn't say decided, he sued the two cops that had pulled him over for pepper spraying him, illegal search of his vehicle, um, and basically harassment. So they went to trial. In that trial in Virginia, the jury who reached a verdict over the initial $100 million lawsuit that this lieutenant, uh, Karen Nazaro, had against Windsor, Virginia police officers Joe Gutierrez and Danielle Crocker, the jury decided to only award Lieutenant Nazario uh, $3,685 of the $1 million lawsuit that he filed against them, which is a fucking slap in the face. Yeah. If you watch the video, it's pretty aggressive from the cop's standpoint. The reason why they were so hostile towards um, Nazario was that when they initially were pulling him over, they thought that he was trying to evade arrest by pulling into a different parking lot than what they had assumed, which... God uh, forbid. If anyone out there... If anyone out there, I'm pretty sure I'm giving the right facts here. If there's anyone out there being pulled over by a police officer, you have the right to, within a reasonable distance, pull over to wherever you feel you are most safe. You do not have to pull over immediately because who knows if that's the safest point for both you and the officer. So keep that in mind. He pulled over into, I think, a gas station that had better lighting, basically. And he told the officers of, um, I pulled over in this area because I am wanting to be in a better lit area, knowing that he is black and not having the best reputation with police officers as of late. Did the right thing there. When he refused to get out of the vehicle, when the cops approached, he said, and I quote, I'm honestly afraid to get out, is what he was telling them, to which Officer Gutierrez replied, yeah, you should be, before pepper spraying him in his own vehicle, to which he then got out and was handcuffed and had his car illegally searched. So because of all of that, which was all caught on body cam footage again. Uh, he was pepper sprayed, got out of the vehicle. Nazaro's lawyer, Tom Roberts, said that this is a sad day due to what the jury had decided, and the verdicts failed to send a message to other police officers that this conduct is unacceptable. The officers had faced four counts of assault, battery, false imprisonment, and illegal search. However, Gutierrez was ordered to only pay 2000 in damages. He got no malice and was under liability for assault. 
He was cleared of all those charges. Later fired a year later in 2021 for not following the department policy during that incident. Good. Crocker, on the other hand, was liable for illegal search, no malice. He was ordered to pay $1,000 in damages and was cleared of all charges. So you have these two officers clearly breaking their protocol. And the law. And the law, doing everything that they possibly could wrong, being caught on camera from their own body cams, harassing, pepper spraying, illegal search, all of that. They pay minimal fines. One gets fired, but the other one has no charges filed against him. The other one has no charges filed against him. And then when this uh, lieutenant and the U.S. Armed Forces sues for at least up to a million dollars, only gets less than 4000 That's fucked. Well, it just, it just goes to show that it doesn't matter your status. If you're black, you're fucked. Like it seems, this, I mean, this they, is a they, guy yeah. who puts his life on the line for our country, and conservatives are all about that. But when it comes to the boys in blue, doesn't matter. Still active service too. In the video, he is in his his army fatigues, army fatigues for domestic use. So he's just driving around in a new car. And another issue of why they thought they were, or they wanted to pull him over is that they claimed that they he did not have a visible license plate viewable to them. That's what initially had the reason to pull him over. But in the footage of the cam for the uh, car, there is a temporary license plate that can be seen in the rear view window because it's a new fucking SUV that he bought, right. which is you have at least a month or whatever from when yeah. you buy the vehicle to get a permanent plate from the little sticker that they put in the back window. He also, if you watch the video, was calm. Yes. He was not reaching quickly. He was... Explaining things did exa- everything right exactly, and they were just aggressive right off the bat for mm. absolutely no reason. Yeah, I saw that and I remember the video thinking back to it, and I'm like, oh, so they finally settled on the verdict for it. And I'm like, four thousand dollars that ain't shit. I could be okay with the four thousand dollars if they both had a bunch of charges that they should have had. Stuck? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Sure, I'm not getting a lot of money for the damages, but, you know, at least these two fuck faces are facing the charges that they should. But no. Or the other way around. Got a lot of money, and these two guys got what they got. Okay, yeah, it's annoying, but I at least got compensated for it. Mm-hmm. This is both just bullshit. Yeah. Shit both ways. Yeah. More news. Alec Baldwin is going to potentially serve some type of prison time for being charged with involuntary manslaughter. Do uh, you know the reason behind all that? Yeah, prop gun, actual bullet. Yeah. Well, not actual bullet. They don't use actual bullets. What happens is commonly, I shouldn't say commonly, but an issue with a lot of these prop guns that uses blanks is that when you fire the blank, sometimes the cartridge inside fractures and doesn't totally eject, gets lodged in the barrel of that fake prop gun. So that when you fire another one, the cartridge that's in there that still makes the gas come out of it without an actual bullet, now there's a projectile stuck in the tube with the pressured gas coming out. So now it acts like a bullet, and then those fragments can come out and cause damage. Oh, cool. That's generally how it works. So for more than a year, actor Alec Baldwin 
has tried to defend himself against the allegation that he was responsible for the fatal shooting of 42-year-old cinematographer Halina Hitchens on the set of Rust, which is a movie that he was apparently producing and acting in. He told detectives that he had assured that the gun he was rehearsing with on that day did not contain ammunition. But on this past Thursday, prosecutors said that they would charge him with two counts of involuntary manslaughter, saying that they believed that he had a duty to ensure that the revolver that he was using for the movie was safe to handle, which makes sense. There is, I mean, a little bit of leeway. He's he's a producer, so he should be aware of all the steps. And then he's also the actor, so if someone hands him this gun, and he's supposed to just then act and use it. So there is somewhat of a separation. However, you, everyone in the chain of command for this should be aware of like, oh, this gun is either loaded or it's not loaded. So there is fault to blame for everyone. How did the production guy get shot, though? That's the that's the question. So that is the good thing, like the cinematographer. I mean, I'm assuming she would have had to have been in somewhere in the line of sight with a camera. Yeah. Where the gun's being aimed, and when he used it, the fragments came out, and they're not going to be perfectly aimed anywhere, so they just kind of scatter, and she was unfortunately in the line and got hit. Um, because of that, the film's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who loaded the gun that day and was responsible for the weapons on the t- set, will also be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. And then the film's first assistant director, David Halls, who handled Mr. Baldwin's gun before handing it to him, agreed on a plea deal on a charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. So three people will be charged with some type of crime, two of them being, you know, pretty severe. Uh, We probably won't see Alec Baldwin in a movie in a real, real long time. As much as that sucks because I do like Alec Baldwin, I think this is the right move. You, I don't think celebrities should get special treatment because they are celebrities, which is the case that happens all of the time. And that's what the prosecution said of this is um, we're trying to definitely make it clear that everybody's equal under the law, including A-list actors like Alec Baldwin. Uh, what else do they say? And we also want to make sure that the safety in the film industry is addressed and things like this don't happen again. So I could not agree with that more. It's unfortunate, you know, Absolutely. loss of life is always unfortunate. And whether involuntary or on purpose, you have to do things to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Just so happened that the person who was holding the gun was a less actor, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And I don't think he meant to do it, obviously, but that's just, how the dice rolls, man. It's, it's just like if I didn't, if somebody walked out in front of my car and I didn't see him and boom, they're dead. I would have to deal with that. Yeah. It's not, I, I didn't mean to do it, but it happened. Got to be careful. Exactly. I, I don't know how often this type of things happen. I know that's how Bruce Lee's son died. Brandon Lee, very same thing where they're using a prop gun on a set of the movie that they were making. Blanks were fired in the gun. Projectiles came out because it got jammed and that's how he died. I don't remember if anyone was charged in that or not, but very similar circumstance. Local news. I saw this article from KCRG, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. There is a bill going through the Iowa legislature 
that was introduced in the Iowa House that would limit qualif- the who qualifies for food assistance and what food they can buy underneath the SNAP benefits program. So under the bill, HF3, low-income, older, and disabled Iowans who rely on Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program benefits, or SNAP, would not be able to buy things like fresh meat, white bread, and sliced American cheese. House Republican uh, who backed this bill says it would limit SNAP users to only what's allowed on the approved list for the Women's, Infants, and Children Program, or WIC. Critics of the bill say that WIC is intended for new mothers, pregnant women, and infants, and WIC has un- has antiquated and outdated dietary restrictions. So they're saying that for this other food program that has nothing to do with infants, pregnant women, or women who just gave birth, are now being held to the same dietary restrictions, which elderly people, last I checked, need a little bit more different dietary needs than a pregnant woman, as opposed to also... Any person who's low income doesn't mean if they have children or not. They just could have the same dietary restrictions, which does not make any sense. Republicans say that this money could be better used elsewhere. Quote, it's their entitlement programs. They're the ones that are growing within the budget and putting pressure on us being able to fund other priorities, House Speaker Pat Grassley said. My caveat to this is and we were doing a little bit of research prior to coming live for this recording that the pressure that he says SNAP is putting on the Iowa taxpayers is only 1.76% of the entire state's budget. Pat Grassley's a bitch. So it, it's not even remotely putting any type of pressure on the budget. We looked it up. The Iowa budget for this past year was $45.3 billion. $2.2 billion of that goes to state welfare. That's a specific category. Of that $2.2 billion, $800 million of that goes towards the family and children section, which would be responsible for covering the different food programs and different child programs that the state of Iowa has. So if only $800 million of the $45.3 billion is going to that, how is that a huge pressure? As well as, he says it's a growing part of our budget. When we looked it up, it is $70,000 less than it was last year. And excluding last year, at this current year, it is still the highest that they've ever had since 2014. So, no, it is not growing. This has been shrinking, and now it jumped up to a level that was only allowed nine years ago. So it's it's not that big of an issue. But for whatever reason, you got to cut them child programs. Fuck the kids. They Can't. hate handouts. But it's not even really a handout. And I guess you look at it from a... Are they paying for it? No. Are we giving to them? Yes. Handout? Yeah. But it's I'm, helping people. If you look at it from the standpoint that Republicans have of the government is not solely responsible for the needs of every type of program its citizens need, right? They're only responsible for a certain finite amount of things to give its citizens. Food for children, I think, should be universal. They're just looking at it from the very few 
exceptions where people abuse this situation, but you could say the same thing for tax breaks. Exactly. I mean, it's just who is it? Who is it helping? Is it helping you and your friends? No, because you have the money. But let's help you and your friends to get more money by spending it by taxing you less. It's just it's how you view it, and they view it as it's not helping me or the people that I know. And there's there's a couple people who abuse it, so we got to get rid of it. It's very much of that ilk, isn't it? Of there are too many people trying to abuse this social program. It's not by that definition. We need to throw it all out. Fuck it. But we, when me and my buddies use tax loopholes to make sure that I can keep my millions and pay as little as possible, that's okay. We don't want to change that. Exactly. It does not seem to make any sense. More hypocrisy, it just seems. So I heard about something at work, and I just Googled it, and so I'm going to bring it up to you. It's an hour old. So there was a school shooting in Des Moines um, like an hour and a half ago. Two students were killed, and an employee, an adult employee was injured. Uh, It was apparently a targeted school shooting in Des Moines. Uh, At a program that's dedicated to help at-risk youth, uh, three suspects were arrested. Um, The program is called Starts Right Here. It's affiliated with the Des Moines School District. Uh... They were called right, the police were called right away. Uh, It was like just before 1 p.m. apparently. uh, Officers arrived, found two students critically injured, started CPR immediately. Uh, They died at the hospital. I'm just reading this from an article, so that's why it's taking me so long to read this. Um, About 20 minutes after the shooting, police officers stopped a car that matched the witness's description about two miles away and took three suspects into custody. One ran from the car. Officers were able to use a canine to track them down. Uh, They say the incident was definitely targeted. It wasn't random. There was nothing random about this. Um, So, yeah, this is, like, pretty much hot off the press. So um, I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. You're going to be hearing about it more. Um, We'll give more details probably next week when we have more ourselves. But I just... I heard about that and very rarely do we have something right off the press, but something this serious is something I think that should have been brought up, um, right, right now. So very sad. Yeah. You said it was at a high school. So there was students and then faculty member that was injured. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it, I think it's like an alternative high school. Um, okay. Cause it said 70% of, the students there are minorities. Um, I'm not saying that's all at risk, obviously, but just from what I've seen, it looks like it's an alternative high school or at least an education program. So, yeah, once once we dig into it more, we'll give you more of an update next week. But just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Uh, obviously, this comes in the wake of like another mass shooting that happened over the weekend in California. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Um, there was a gunman in, I don't remember which part of California, killed 10 people. Another person died, I think, earlier this morning to make it 11. And the gunman had shot and killed himself before police could apprehend him. So more unnecessary gun violence happening in the U.S. Again, that instance in California being something completely different than this. Yeah. This being like, obviously targeted, motivated by something. So 
Yeah. Again, sad after school program like that. Yeah. That's all it's trying to do is do good and help people and help people. And then you have the worst part of society coming in and just damaging that specifically because there are people that they don't like there. This is the last thing I'll say about it, but just people who kill people do not understand the ramifications. Like they, they are irritated by something or they're motivated by something and they never think of what this is going to have an effect on anybody else. They're just upset about whatever, or they're motivated by whatever. And that's all they're thinking about. And they don't think about anything else. I'm also assuming based on that news that they're probably younger in age. So clearly not like you said, thinking about how it could have any type of impact anyone else. Young even peop- on themselves in young, the future. Young people, what's going to what's going to happen to me? Yeah, young people do not think in that way, which is very unfortunate because you have that combination with uh, the combination of also having a hatred towards someone that, as a young person, can be very damaging towards your character, and then having access to something that could cause a lot more damage. Just again, flame on a powder, uh, powder keg. Yeah. Well, we're getting pretty long on our news so i'll make this quick for our surprise topics mine's called brook bolt okay um you probably won't guess what this is but according to multiple reports uh usain bolt's financial team noticed discrepancies in his account with jamaican investment firm stocks i did see that and securities uh, limited an account that held over 10 million dollars in 2012 was down to just 2000 as of last week Um, A quote from his manager, uh, Nugent Walker, said all the relevant steps are being taken to get to the bottom of this. He has been with SSL over 10 years. His entire portfolio is being reviewed. Uh, The fact that someone tweeted, the fact that Usain Bolt chose to keep his money in Jamaica to support the growth, development, and credibility of his nation's financial markets, this is a betrayal of his loyalty. He has access to global, secure, and credible banks slash firms Example being the Swiss banks, he did not have to keep his money in Jamaica. Like, how do you do this to Usain Bolt out of anybody in Jamaica if you're in Jamaica? Like, this man chose to keep all of his money here to make this economy better. It is, and you just fucked him over. Is it is Jamaican thieves, right? They're the ones that, yeah, okay, pretty sure because he that's the only one who really had access to this. is the Jamaican stock market. Then yeah, that is absolutely shit. So fucked. That is really fucked. Um I unfortunately he probably won't be making that mistake again. No. And I wouldn't even say it was a mistake, it was just a betrayal of trust. That's so fucked up, man. Like Usain Bolt. Mine is not as heavy as that. Mine's called Stolen Statue. So the owner of a West Virginia restaurant that was heavily damaged by the fire uh has coveted uh, and of his coveted hot dog statue, Wienerman oh was stolen from Dairy Winkle, Campbell's Creek, during a break-in sometime after January 11th, at the fire that had occurred at the restaurant. Uh, <laughs> this isn't funny. Yeah. A tip led deputies to a location where the statue was found undamaged and it was returned to the restaurant owner, uh, Carrie Ellison, in a statement said investigators have not identified a suspect that they are seeking information about the theft. The short statue depicts a hot dog licking its lips and holding a bottle of mustard while pouring a hot, 
a bottle of ketchup on its head. Uh, Ellison hopes to reopen the restaurant later this year after repairing damages from the fire. Yeah, it's pretty fucking weird, but it's a surprise topic. That is now I'm gonna show you the image of what the hot dog looks like. Oh my god. It's pretty like nightmare fuel, isn't it? That's disgusting. That's like something you would see in like an eighties comedy, like uh Fast Times of Ridgemont High or some shit. Something like, that. like a mascot. It's, oh my god. It's gross. That's weird. He's happy that Why this did is, she want that back? Uh I do not know. And looking at it. It does not look big. No. Honestly, I did not realize that the statue was maybe only... Two feet tall, maybe. Not even. These are tiles on the background. Um, We're describing an image. That might be a foot tall. It looks like a trophy. It look yeah. No, trophy size. You're right. Yeah. It's probably trophy size. That's Who the fuck would miss this? That's something like you and I would do at the end of like our bowling season, whoever wins. We should try to get that from her. No, we're not getting that. Damn. But I thought... This was the weirdest that's, fucking thing I have ever seen in my entire life. That's fucking weird. Man. And to say that it's licking its lips, I mean, from this angle of the photo, maybe its tongue is over in the left corner. I can't fucking tell. That's weird. But this looks demented as shit. Yeah, that's that thing should have nightmares are made of. Yeah, it should have burnt in the fucking fire. <laughs> All right, well, entertainment news. Yeah, David Crosby. Died at 81 this past week. Cody apparently didn't know who he was. I have no idea who the fuck that is. I saw it on the Crosby, news. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I have no fucking clue who that is. Folk rock band from the 60s That's and the 70s. That's why. I don't listen to that era, nor do I listen to folk music. Well, it's more like, I wouldn't say CCR, but it's kind of like that vibe where it's just more of southern, kind of more rock, folky in a way. But I'm good. Good songwriter, good artist. Died at 81. Rip. R.I.P. Bad movie plot guesses. Let's do it, bitch. Mine does not have a theme. unless Stop you copying can, Unless you can link a theme to it. <laughs> First one being, Army Sniper kills several people and dies after returning home. Ooh, I feel like I've seen this. Probably have. Was this American Sniper? Yes, it oh. is American Sniper. Not seen it. I have it, just not seen it. Never seen it? Nope. It's pretty good. Actually, if you want to say the theme, I think the theme is like, these are all from 2014. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, former museum janitor becomes infomercial king. This this isn't night, not Nightmare. Jesus, fuck. This isn't Night at the Museum, is it? Night at the Museum 2. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Man, you're doing really well. Look at me go. For how bad I wrote these. Yeah. Uh, you'll probably get the last one, too, then. Sweet. World War II POW survives after months in Japanese work camp. Oh, I just watched this. Um, fuck, what's it called? Because uh, he, like, he spends, like, what, a month out on the ocean with, like, two people? Uh, Three it's two. or four? It's two people. Was it two? Yeah. I think there's three. I think it was him and two other people. Yeah. And then one of them died. Yeah. And the other two were rescued. Yeah. Rescued. Put, what taken the fuck prisoner. is that movie called? You're describing it perfectly. I know. I've seen it. I just can't remember the name of it. What's, what's the name of it? Unbroken. Yes. Yeah. I saw it in theaters. I watched when it. it came out. I watched it on the streaming service because I saw it. 
Yeah. At least I know what it was. I just couldn't put the name on it. And this is a true life story yes. of an actual World War II vet. He, I think, just passed away a few years ago, I want to say. Uh-huh. Uh, Angelina Jolie was Angelina Jolie was the producer of this movie. It's a good it movie. Out. It is a good movie. It's not bad. Yeah, the lead actor is actually in two seasons of one of my favorite TV shows. That's a British TV show. So what's that? Skins. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. He I plays thought, he plays Cook in I, the third and fourth season. I honestly thought this was like his one and only role that he did. Nope. He's pretty good. All right. Well, I went like two and a half. I've I've seen the third one. I just couldn't remember the name. I'm calling it two and a half. You're calling it two and a half. <laughs> two okay. and a half. Well, you're two and a half on movies from 2014. Hell yeah. All right, social events coming up. I got four for you. I had to throw the last one in. Um, so we have Winter Games in Lake Okoboji, Iowa from January 26th through the 29th. This resort area in northwest Iowa will offer human sled races. I don't know what the fuck that is, but it sounds interesting. Flag football on ice, which also sounds interesting. Indoor golf, snowball drop, stein holding, horse-drawn carriage rides, uh, freeze your fanny bike ride, and keg toss and fireworks. I'm assuming the human sled races is that instead of dogs, it's people pulling another sled in person. Maybe. Or that's, they're pulling a dog. That uh, Give that dog a break. <laughs> that I mean, that sounds fun as shit to me. Depending. I can, I can imagine that a, a thing like that would probably bring some weird people. Yes. Like people who wear cat ears <laughs> and like to have, <laughs> like, collars. I'm just talking about the event, not like the just human sled race. I'm just talking about, like, the whole thing. The whole thing, yes. That's what I was talking Those about. Those people, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Winterfest in Grand Haven, Michigan, same time, January 26th through the 29th. In this Lake Michigan town, there's a human sled race again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cardboard sled race, a luau, and snow angel contest, which sounds weird because they probably all look the same. This community of people that I'm not that I'm ripping on right now, I think they're just trying to create events that they can like showcase themselves. And I'm not in on it. Okay. <laughs> There's also a winter carnival in St. Paul, Minnesota from January 26th through February 5th. This outdoor festival around rice park downtown features ice carving parades, scavenger hunts, pop-up door, co- outdoor concerts, ice fishing, and a softball and puzzle tournaments. Okay. And then last but not least, I had to throw this one in there. You have Restaurant Week, which is way more than a week. You have this from January 20th through February 5th in Chicago, Illinois, if I didn't already say that one. Time to pack on the calories. More than 370 restaurants offer three-course pre-fee, prefix meals, menus for $25 at brunch or lunch and $42 or $59 at dinner, which, if you're in Chicago, is actually a really good fucking price. But per person? I think it's per the prefixed menus. Okay. Which, hell yeah, dude. Three-course meal for 59 bucks. Fuck yeah. I guess for Chicago, that's probably not bad. It's not. Do you like food? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. This is right up your alley. Cry go. But yeah, I was going to say, this sounds more like a Croy thing. Oh, dude. He's got to check this out. If he doesn't, I'm going to punch him. He has plenty of time. <laughs> In 370 restaurants, you have so much options. Maybe he works at one of these. I doubt it. Because he doesn't work in a restaurant anymore. Oh, I thought he did. No, not anymore. Okay. He worked 
I'm not going to blew his business on here. He doesn't work at a restaurant anymore. <laughs> Miscellaneous. Unpopular opinions. Speaking of restaurants, I went to the Mall of America this past weekend and... Was that fun? It's always meh. <laughs> we... we <laughs> it's not bad. It's it's fun to walk around and you just kind of see things, uh, kind of people watch. That, that part's kind of fun. But we went to Benihana, which I had not been to a Benihana. I've been to a Hibachi Grills, just not to a Benihana. I was wondering what you were talking about. And to be fair, not to be fair, Benihana just sucks. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's And I know what it is about it. The person that we had, no disrespect to him as our cook, was fucking messy. And I don't know if it's every chef that's like that there, but he was flinging shit around to the point where it was getting off outside the grill. And then at certain points, he would scrape it back on the grill. <laughs> it's like, ooh, we're eating that. And his jokes were fine. It was a whole bit and everything. The wait staff that we had, our waitress wasn't the best. The uh, busboy that we had, I shouldn't say busboy because he's a grown-ass man who was like six foot five. He was very nice. I very much enjoyed talking to him. He was a nice guy. However, everything else sucked about it. The food was not as good. We have hibachi grills here in the Cedar Valley, owned by the same person, uh, Sakura and Cedar Falls, and then Tokyo Bay and Waterloo. And they are so much fucking better than Benihana. Their routines are cleaner, where they're not getting a mess everywhere. Also, the cook time at Benihana was much longer than it needed to be to get everything out to everybody. At Sakura and Tokyo Bay here, it's very bing, bang, boom, much faster. It, I don't know. And it was more expensive going to Benihana, of course, than these other places here locally. I get it that you're in the Mall of America, you're in a bigger city, it probably is more expensive. It just felt like you were paying for the name, and it was not good, and it fucking sucked. So what you're saying is, Benihana are bitches. I'm not saying they're bitches, <laughs> but Benihana definitely sucks a big fat one. <laughs> Fair enough. Mine, I, I don't know if this is more unpopular or if it's, I don't know, maybe people agree with me, but in just my personal opinion, I think you're automatically more intelligent than me if you're multilingual. I would think that there's probably a decent amount of people who do speak two languages that are would agree that they're smarter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't speak two languages. I, I I try and learn. I'm trying to learn Spanish. I haven't done my lessons in a while, but it's not easy. And the fact that just some people can switch between English and Spanish or French or Japanese or whatever the fuck it is, like. Even if it's broken English, right? Even if that's your second language, just like you have the second hardest language in the world as your second language, good on you. You're way more intelligent than I am. I mean, there were a couple at Benihana, going back to that, <laughs> that at our table uh, spoke, I think English was their second language, and they spoke, um, I don't know the specific language, and I don't want to call it out because I don't know if I'm right or not, but it was some type of Asian language and speaking to each other throughout the dinner in it. And then when a waiter or waitress came over and asked them a question, immediately flipped into English, sounded perfect too. It was... It's amazing. It was very like, damn, 
damn, and I only know one. Right. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with you on that. I don't know how unpopular it is. I'm sure That's there what are. I'm, saying. I'm sure there are people out there who would probably say, "Oh, just because you speak two languages doesn't mean no shit." But I think they're. I think they're. Better than me. I can agree with you. They, they are on a different level that I will never reach. Okay. I can agree with you. Wrapping up this week's episode with this day in history for January 23rd, starting with the most recent, going back the furthest in time. In 2018, LeBron James becomes the seventh and youngest at 33 years old in 24 days to reach the three or 30,000 NBA point milestone during a 114 to 102 loss to San Antonio Spurs. We don't we don't congratulate LeBron James on this show. I'm just saying No, nope, we don't to, we don't do that. This day in history was extremely <laughs> hard to find things in. <laughs> this was one of the last things I could use Fair and I, I fucking had to. <laughs> okay. Uh nineteen eighty three, the show A Team with Mr. T premieres on NBC. Ten years before that, nineteen seventy three, US President Richard Nixon announces uh, an accord has been reached to end the Vietnam War. Good news, I guess. Peace, love, and happiness. Peace, love, and happiness, and impeachment. <laughs> 1849, Elizabeth Blackwell becomes the first woman in the U.S. to earn a medical degree, graduating from New York's Geneva Medical College. Well, that probably pissed a lot of men off. Oh, yeah, for sure it did. And for famous birthdays, we have Mershka Hagate who is the actress, best known, I shouldn't say best known, only really, well, she's been probably in other things. Best known. I'm being a dick, but she was, is still on Law & Order SVU. We have Tito Ortiz, the MMA fighter, and then Tiffany Amber Theason, an actress as well. Again, birthdays were also hard to find. I had no idea who that was. Once is. I found Mershka Hagate, I'm like, oh, this will be an easy day to find birthdays. And she's really the only fucking person I could find, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Mershka Hagate is awesome. I've been watching a lot of SVU, uh, but happy birthday, Mershka Hagate. With that, that is everything for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week. Mm-hmm.